0: On today's show, I'll be chatting with casting director Jamie Beebe, and we talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected her career, how running a friend's production company ultimately led to her career in the film industry, the process of a casting director's job, and her venture into the podcast world with her podcast Strictly Stalking. This was a really fun and informative conversation because the business side of filmmaking is something that I'm still learning about. So I'm learning along with you, the listeners, about this different side of the industry that I'm used to talking about. So hopefully you guys get as much out of this as I did. All of that coming up on this week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, which starts right now. Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and joining me on the show this week is casting director Jamie Beebe. Jamie, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And it's funny because we actually met through a website that I've been subscribed to for quite a while, but I've never really reached out to anyone through it. Uh, It's called uh, podcastguest.com and uh, saw your name, and I was like, huh, I've never talked to a casting director before on the show, so I thought it would be a, a good fit. So thank you for uh, the response and the taking the time to do the show.
1: Sure, it sounded fun. I talk about casting all the time, so just another day.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I feel like this has been kind of the stock question that I've been asking everyone, but I'd love to get your perspective on how has the, the COVID-19 pandemic been affecting your career as a casting director specifically
1: um i mean it was slow for a little while because we um we stopped filming obviously for safety reasons um for a little while especially the beginning of lockdown a lot of productions are coming back now which is great uh there's It's changed a little bit, you know, in that we rely more on self-tapes and, you know, Zoom meetings and things like that. But um, now that we're kind of back up and filming for most projects, it's not that much different, except that I don't hold uh, in-person auditions at all.
0: Was that a big adjustment as far as not having people in person?
1: Not really. Um, You know, I prefer using a lot of self-tapes anyway. Um, I think it's a great way to be able to see what we're working with and kind of get a feel for somebody. And that's a lot of what casting is, is, you know, I need to get a feel for somebody. Usually by the time that I choose somebody to see self tape, I've seen their work. I know what they can do. I just want to see how they're going to react with the sides really. So it doesn't, it didn't make too much of a difference. Um, I mean, of course I miss seeing actual people like most people do, but but for work, um, I think that it's just a little bit of adjustment on everybody. And, you know, let's change with the times.
0: Yeah, I find that, you know, something like that. And I think the the virtual aspect of it is something that we've been getting used to. I mean, it's just even with this podcast, too. I haven't done an in-person show since probably February or March. But, you know, in a way, it's easier because you get to connect with people You know, who likewise, you know, like I know you're in California. I'm in Florida. So it's it's can make it a little bit easier to be honest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't have to wear pants to your meetings anymore.
0: That's true. <laughs> that That is very true. Uh, so what was it that initially got you uh, attracted to the industry and what made you want to become involved with it? Because people uh, I've been talking about it off and on on the show more recently about the business side of the film and TV industry? Because everyone thinks about you know the actors and the directors and sometimes even the composers, but there's a whole behind the scenes business side that I feel like doesn't really get talked about all that much or is not as much as it should. What was it that initially drew you to uh, that side of the business and wanting to be a part of it?
1: Um, well, I fell into production uh, randomly. I just... I had a friend who was like, a, a who was a director and who wanted to make a production company. So he hired me to run the production company, although I'd never even been like on a set at that point. Uh, but I'm a quick learner, you know, I learned everything, I googled it all. And, you know, being part of production, I learned every aspect of the job. Um, I didn't really like working 20 hour days. And, you know, I was kind of always the bad guy telling everybody what they could or could not do. And that's not really my personality. Like, I'm just kind of happy, you know? Um, and I realized that while I, was do- while I was also the casting director for that company, um, that that was definitely where I belonged. So when I left that company, um, I thought it would be easy to just branch out and I'd be a casting director. Uh, it was a lot harder than that. So I ended up starting in Unscripted and reality shows. Um, and I worked in reality for a long time, uh, and it was great. I still do a couple of reality shows here and there um, if they're if they're morally acceptable to me, because <laughs> uh, like you know I started working on random shows that were like you know my my twelve year old is pregnant. I just can't I couldn't do that. So I started branching out, and that's when I kind of went into scripted, um, which I'm really a lot happier with. And getting into scripted, a lot of people work under another casting director or for another casting company. And I just kind of was like, well, you know, I can figure it out on my own and I'm just that type of person. So I started going to the, um, the universities and the schools around here and I would sit outside and ask people if they needed a casting director for their production. And I was doing that while I was working in reality so I could kind of make the switch eventually. Um, and it worked, you know, pe- these students started kind of hiring me not for much money. But then they started graduating, and once they graduated, they kept hiring me. So I was able to kind of go through the ranks with them, even though I hadn't necessarily gone to school with them. So it was kind of cool. We all learned at the same time, and now, you know, thriving, doing great.
0: Well, I think that's something that a lot of people miss as well. You know, you mentioned in going to different universities and really just kind of putting yourself out there saying, you know, hey, my name's Jamie. I'm a casting director. Do you have you know any interest in working with me? It takes a lot of courage, I think, to just kind of put yourself out there because you're at the risk of rejection. You know, people not saying anything, people saying no. And I think is an overall reason as to why a lot of people who say they want to be an actor or they want to be a director or whatever the case may be. It is putting yourself out there and at times you have to risk people saying no in order to make it happen. So that that's that's really courageous of you to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, for the actors, there's so much reject- rejection, you know, so if they can do it and they're putting themselves on the line, I'm just kind of like, hey, do you want to hire me? You know, these actors put so much you know, into it. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think rejection is tough, but you learn from it and go on to the next thing.
0: Well, and I, I was having this conversation as well that, you know, sometimes the the best way to learn, honestly, is just to do something and it not work or fail in some way, because then you, (laughs) you learn, you know, what to do and what not to do. And I mean, even doing this podcast, there's been so many mistakes that I've made, you know, when I first started that I don't do now, but I wouldn't know if I didn't try it. So I I think, so I I think, you know, that's uh, trying it is, is half the battle.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's, you just got to put yourself out there, no matter what it is in life, uh, you know, that you want
0: Mm-hmm. So kind of walk me through the process of what exactly a casting director does, because it's something that I think a lot of people don't really know about. So what is a we'll call it a day to day operation. What what do you go through and what do you do to do your job?
1: Um, you know, every day is different. Uh, every production is different. But basically, you know, I'll run you through like what it's like on a, for a film um you know the producers will call me and let me know that we've got that they've got a film that they'd like me to take a look at and possibly cast um they send me the script i read the script if it's something that i like and i want to work on um you know we move forward and first things you know there's a lot of meetings between producer director casting director um and sometimes the investors depending on the production uh and who's in these meetings we talk about Um, what actors we have in mind, you know, if if the director really had somebody in mind for what they were going to, you know, what they're writing or if they just have no idea. So we kind of do that. Um, I try to manage expectations because we talk about budget and what's in the budget for which actors they want. Um, You know, a a smaller indie film isn't going to have Brad Pitt and Nicole Kidman, and you know, so we have to manage expectations. Um, Which is really hard because, you know, this is someone's dream and they're like, but it's such a good script. I'm sure if we just get Brad Pitt to read it, he'll be in it, you know, and um, maybe that's the case, but we're probably not going to get him to read it. He's, you know, got a million scripts that he is reading. It's probably not going to be one of them. So after that, uh, you know, we post uh, everything on breakdowns, which is just uh, it explains the project and what we're looking for uh, agents and managers submit. Um, and I don't necessarily go through breakdowns for everything. Um, I usually call a lot of my agent and manager friends. I let them know what I'm working on, see if they have more ideas, see who's available, um, who might need, you know, if I'm working on a horror film, uh, sometimes the agent has, uh, somebody that's, Hey, I really want to do a horror film, you know, and where they otherwise wouldn't, we wouldn't have thought of them. So, get some ideas. uh, And then from there, depending on the actor, we uh, make offers or we get tapes or do auditions back in the day. (laughs) I guess auditions are old school now. It's all tapes.
0: Yeah. And I I can imagine it's probably in a way it's exciting in the sense that, you know, like you mentioned, every production and every project is different. So you're not necessarily doing the same thing every single day, like you're kind of doing the same process, but with different people, with different genres, I can imagine it's probably exciting to, to dabble in.
1: It is, you know, and, and even with different types of productions, some productions, I'm just making straight offers. We know who we want. We do offers, um, and you know, with that, what that when an offer is, is we make, we reach out to the agent, the manager, their team, we tell them everything about the project make an offer and hopefully they accept and that's really easy. Uh, Sometimes there's some negotiations, sometimes they're busy or they're passing or whatever it is for whatever reason. Um, But yeah, I mean, each, each project is so different. Sometimes we go through several rounds of auditions or self tapes. um, So it just kind of depends.
0: Do you have a specific medium that you prefer to work in? Like you mentioned film, but I know you've also worked in music videos um, voiceover spots. So do you have a specific you know, medium that you prefer to work in or do you just enjoy all of it?
1: Um, you know, I like it all. It's more about what the project can bring. Um, you know, I've, I've worked on documentary style things. I've worked on, like you said, music videos, um, new media, web series, TV shows, films. I mean, pretty much anything. I would at least give it a shot. Um, but yeah, I mean, film and TV, I really enjoy. Um, but now everything is, is streaming and new media, which is so similar. So really all of it.
0: Well, and especially with you know the new streaming services or newer, like HBO Max, I know NBC uh, just launched one. So I, I can imagine there's probably no sor- shortage of work for you.
1: Um, no, I mean it's it's been going really great lately. I mean even even with COVID, like I said, everything was of course shut down um, for a little while, but it's come back. And what was interesting about you know the shutdown and everything was all the super creative people that suddenly had a little bit of extra time, um, you know, to work on themselves, to work on monologues, to come up with a with a new film, to write something cool. And now they're all filming it, and um, it's pretty cool. You know, that's that's all really neat and interesting so if you can just kind of look at the good side of what has come out of this um creativity wise you know that helps a little bit with all the other devastation
0: absolutely as something i've said before is that once things start to become more normal or what we know is the new normal i think we're going to see especially on the indie filmmaking side of things and with series and television as well we're going to see this massive surge of creativity, similar to you know what happened with the the Disney investors meeting last week when they announced all those new like Marvel and Star Wars projects. I think because your writers can still write when they're at home, mm-hmm. like you mentioned with actors, they can work on tapes, monologues, they can do research. Same thing with cinematographers. If you're not out shooting something, you can still do research and you can still practice to an extent. I, I think we're going to see this massive wave of new projects. And I, I'm personally looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I, I think it'll be great. I think it's, it's exciting, you know, and, and a lot of actors that, um, a lot of actors on, on, I watched them on Instagram. I watched self tapes on Instagram during the shutdown, um, cause they were uploading their self tapes, doing monologues, um, practicing with their roommate, you know? So that was kind of cool to see actors that maybe I wouldn't have had time to randomly look through Instagram to watch, you know? So And I I saved quite a few of them in my little save folder, like, oh, this is this is a cool person. Like this I can see this person working on this project. So that was kind of cool.
0: Yes, like you said, you, you have to take something positive out of really any type of scenario that you're in. And the fact that none of us have really been able to do anything for several months, you have that time to, you know, work on yourself, to work on your career, your projects, your aspirations and yeah. We're, we're seeing the, starting to see the the results of that. Cause like you said, I've seen some really creative stuff, not just with acting, but with, you know, those who have just been making shorts with their iPhones that I've seen on Instagram or on Facebook. So it's, it's, it's great to see.
1: Yeah. And we're, we're so lucky with the technology that we have now, um, that we can sit at home with our iPhone and shoot a movie, you know, <laughs> like that's a possibility. It's reality these days. Um, So it's great. Like there's there's so many more opportunities because of technology and things. So, you know, it's unfortunate that all of this has happened and that the shutdown has happened. But if you don't look at the light side of things and the bright side of things, it it can really get you down.
0: Yeah, and I think also the fact that you know, that we have the technology to make, you know, shorts or even features. You know, some have made features with their phones. And you can really do that anywhere, which I, I think that and the addition of, you know, platforms like YouTube, like Vimeo and other video service platforms gives creators an outlet in order to perform their work that otherwise they may not have had, you know, 15, 20 years ago.
1: Totally. Totally agree. It's great.
0: Something I'm curious about, what what are some things that you might have uh, in the works as far as, you know, any current projects or do you have any aspirations to work in the industry besides doing Uh, Casting, directing, because I've often talked about as well, uh, those who work in some particular aspect of the industry, whether it's behind the scenes or in front of the camera, I think it's good to have uh, a basic understanding of what everyone does, because I often say that a film or even an episode of television is one big machine, and everyone from the director all the way down to PA and those who work behind the scenes, like producers, in your case, casting director, are all cogs in the machine. And they all have to work together in order to make the project happen. So do you have anything immediate in the works or anything that you would like to do outside of casting directing?
1: Um, Well, I have, there's a TV show coming out that I cast called Paradise City. Um, It's coming out in March, 2021 on Amazon Prime, which I'm really excited about. Um, I mean, the cast is just phenomenal. I'm so proud of it. and its director, Ash Avalson. um, such a great, a great TV show. I can't wait for the world to see it. Uh, it's got like Bella Thorne, um, Andy Bierzak, Drea De Mateo, Mark Boone Jr. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting like everybody, <laughs> but I mean, it's so the cast, like everyone is just so great and there was so much talent in that cast. So I'm really excited for everyone to see that and, uh, hopefully for season two to start filming. Um, But as far as like other aspects, I definitely want to jump into producing. Um, I have a business called Creative and Depraved with uh, my business partner, Jake Deptula. And under that um, business umbrella, we have a podcast as well called um, Strictly Stalking. It's a true crime podcast and it's about stalkers. We interview the survivors of um, stalkers. So people who have survived or are going through it. Um, But yeah. It's more our company idea is more of like, um, you know, true crime type stuff. You know, we want to bring documentaries up. We want to do true crime podcasts, that kind of thing. So producing in that realm is definitely something on my list.
0: And it's something that, you know, I wanted to ask you about, too, is your podcast, because it's not often that I get to talk to someone who not only just works in the industry, but also does a podcast as well. Um, uh, and especially with true crime, because that's been kind of a newer, I don't want to call it a phase because I don't think it is, but it's been a newer aspect of podcasting that's really come up in the last couple of years that, and almost in a way returning back to the, the radio dramas of the, you know, thirties and forties, uh, like scripted podcasting shows, and then interviewing those who, you know, in your case, are survivors of stalkers you know I think of the podcast serial or my favorite murder that are hugely popular online so I'll have to check your podcast out it sounds really cool
1: yeah thank you um I, I think it's it's going really well it it took me a minute to uh get in front of the camera <laughs> hey guys uh but it's working it's working really well
0: yeah, as someone who had to make that adjustment too, because my primary job, I work behind the scenes with things, but then it was, it, it takes a lot of courage. Like we mentioned actors putting themselves out, out there, but even with doing a podcast, you, you're putting yourself out there because you're being yourself. Yeah, you're talking about a specific topic, but yep. if you don't have an experience, you're doing that, it can be a major adjustment, so... Again, props to you for doing that because, again, actually doing it and attempting it is half the battle, no matter where it comes <laughs> to film or, in your case, podcasting as well.
1: True, true. It, was, it, it took a minute to, to get used to it because we film everything um, also, and it's all on YouTube. So it took a while, and I still don't watch the, the YouTube videos ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you on that one. I feel you on that one for sure. And it's it can be in a way soothing. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I know when I do this show, it's almost therapeutic in a way because you it gives you an outlet to express certain things that you may not get to in conversations with friends in your daily life. So it's, it's cool. Yeah. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, for me, part of it is you know, we're giving these victims a voice uh, that they haven't otherwise had. Um, stalking is super underreported, and the laws haven't caught up with it. Um, people aren't it's, people aren't able to get help the way that they should. I mean, a lot of people don't know, like, if you're being stalked, like, who do you call? And usually, it's like domestic violence uh, place is who you're going to call, which is weird if like your neighbor is stalking you. To call domestic violence um, support place and try to explain their neighbor stalking you, but um, you know there's just not there's not adequate places out there to help people being stalked. So it's kind of it is soothing, it is therapeutic to be able to help people and you know get out there and do something good.
0: Well, that's something I was curious about too, because of the topic and the medium of your podcast. You know, I was wondering if any particular stories might've had an emotional impact on you. Cause I can imagine this has to be really heavy material and to get these people to open up to you about a very uncomfortable topic. And I think that even says something about you as, as a host to get someone to talk about that kind of thing is something that not everyone has.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it does, um, it can kind of take an emotional toll and it's interesting too. you know, when people come on the podcast, um, like, we have to really get to know them because I don't want to say something that's going to trigger them the wrong way. I don't want them to say something that they're not comfortable with. Um, you know, we don't mention the stalkers by name unless they have, they're deceased or they are currently in prison. Like, there has to be a reason that we're saying they're a stalker's name by name. So, you know, there's a lot that that kind of goes into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, they, they all get me emotionally they really do um but a lot has come out of it i mean like for example um tara newell from you know she's the daughter in dirty john she ended up having to kill her stalker when he was trying to kill her um and she came on and since then you know we we talk all the time we've become great friends she was just on for an update episode um a couple days ago which is great So it's it's interesting how life changing something like this when you're talking to other people can be.
0: For sure. I'm excited to hear it because it, it sounds like, you know, really, really emotionally powerful stuff. And that's something that you don't get from from every other podcast. And I think that's the beauty of the medium of podcasting is that it can literally be anything that you want. It's still it's become a little bit more restrictive in its later days because you know podcasting's really been around since the early two thousands. But it yeah. it's good that it can really be whatever you want. It can be you know like in this case a film a filmmaking podcast, you can do a podcast on true crime. I've listened to podcasts based on knitting. You know, it can literally be about anything that you want. So that's that's really awesome.
1: Yeah, there's there's so many options out there.
0: Absolutely. Well, as we start to wrap up here, uh, I did want to ask you, what's one piece of advice you could give from a casting director standpoint uh, to an actor or an aspiring actor?
1: Um, I think it's, you know, be yourself. Just, just be you. Um, of course, you're playing a character. But I don't think that it's necessary to, you know go above and, and beyond who you are, you know, be yourself as a human being, do what you think is right. Um, You know, if, if there's a character that you don't like, then don't play that character. You know, if you're like, oh, it kind of goes against my morality like, I'm not going to be topless in this indie movie. Then then don't do it. Cause something else will come along, you know, so be true to yourself and be who you are and don't give up if you want it. Uh, eventually it'll just happen. You know, I mean, if, if you work hard enough there's there's so much work that goes into acting actors work unbelievably hard and it's funny you don't see everything that came up to that big role that suddenly they're famous but they worked for how many years like day in and day out to get that one role that made them famous so there's so much work that goes into it um and i have so much respect for actors uh It's just amazing what they can do and what they can accomplish. But I think my my biggest piece of advice would be, you know, just be yourself and, you know, be true to yourself and and don't give up for what you want. You know, no matter what it is in life, don't give up. If you work hard enough, it'll happen.
0: Absolutely. And that's something that I've always respected about actors is being able to put themselves in an emotionally vulnerable position because it's not easy to... Open yourself up and put yourself out there for the entire world to see. So, I, I totally well, it's, agree. It's, it's majorly
1: difficult. It's incredibly difficult for what they do, you know. And and each audition, sometimes you they you send in a self tape, you're never going to hear back, you know, which sucks. It's it's part of what it is. Sometimes we don't have time to respond to everybody. Um, and. Also, like, we don't really want to let people, hey, so you didn't get it, you know. I mean, it's kind of a given in the industry if you don't hear back. But at the same time, you know, for actors to put themselves out there like that over and over and over and over, you know, and and love each role that they're doing and get into it each time, um, you know, for that one that's, that they get, that one out of 20 or one out of 30 or one out of 50 or, you know, depending on how many auditions they're going on. I just think it's so amazing and they deserve... So much respect and they're so, they work so incredibly hard and and are so talented.
0: Absolutely. And last question, do you have any website, social media you'd like to plug so the listeners can follow and also uh, plug your podcast?
1: Sure. Um, Well, I'm on Instagram. It's feathergirl77. My Instagram for my podcast is strictlystalkingpod, S-T-R-I-C-T-L-Y-S-T-A-L-K-I-N-G-P-O-D um and my podcast you can find it anywhere that you listen to podcasts it's called strictly stalking um i think that's i think those are all my social things that i really use i guess i'm on twitter somewhere but i think it's jamie casting on twitter but i'm not sure (laughs) i think you're supposed to make them all the same right so like instagram twitter it's all supposed to be the same
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i don't know anymore but yeah mostly i'm on instagram
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. This was really insightful and uh, it was fantastic. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. It was great being on here and meeting you and good questions.
0: Thanks again to Jamie Beebe for coming on the show for that really informative and insightful conversation. As I said at the top of the show, this is a side of the film industry that I'm still learning about. So hopefully you guys got something out of this just like I did. Be sure to follow her on social media and check out her podcast, Strictly Stalking, which you can find anywhere you get your podcast. And speaking of podcast, be sure to subscribe to this show. I'm on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere that you find fine podcasts giving away for free. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. And if you would, please leave a review. Uh, the more reviews I get, the more visible I become to the podcasting public. I'm also on Patreon at patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. If you want early access to episodes, the chance to ask the guest of my show a question, or decide on show topics for monthly roundtable discussions, head over to patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. You can also follow me on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast. And of course, thank you to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. You can check out all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. That's going to do it for this week's show, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday.